Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to Circle Sanctuary Network Podcasts, brought to you by Circle Sanctuary, one of the oldest nature spirituality churches in the United States, connecting people of nature center paths around the world. Join us through the week for a variety of shows discussing various topics, celebrating the divine in all of its forms, through nature worship, rituals, education, and building bridges of community. Welcome to Nature Spirituality with Selena Fox. This is Selena Fox, and I'm coming to you live on two platforms, on CSNP, our audio platform, our internet radio network, and I'm coming to you live on my main Facebook page, Selena Fox Update. Thank you all who are tuning in live, and to all of you who will be tuning in later. We explore sacred sun places tonight, and let us begin by honoring the sacred sun. That is sacred sun place I have right here. I have a sun disc and two candles lit and some frankincense, and a gum resin associated with the sun. We honor the sacred sun. We honor the sacred sun. We honor the sacred sun. Be with us. Guide us. Each us, aid us, enlighten us. We honor you, O sacred Son. So be it. The sacred Son has been honored as part of spiritual traditions going back to the earliest times of humankind. And tonight we take a look at sacred sun places. What are some of the places where people in the past have honored the sacred sun and people today are honoring the sacred sun? We're going to take a journey through time, across cultures, and around the world, taking a look at some sacred sites connected with the sun. So essentially, there's two types of sacred sun places. There's sacred sun places that have been created that are intentionally designed to be aligned with the sun, usually at one or more sacred time. Often that is either summer or winter, solstice, sunrise, or sunset. Now some of these sacred sun places that have been intentionally designed to have these alignments, they actually have alignments that are with several sacred sun times. 
And then the other category of sacred sun places are those places where people gather to connect with the sacred sun. Some of these places may spontaneously be sacred sun places, and some may be ones that have some special occasion connected with them, such as a total eclipse of the sun. I went to a place for the last total solar eclipse visible in North America, and it was fabulous to be able to gather with others. It was actually in the yard of a friend of mine, longtime friend, who happened to have a place that was right in the pathway of the totality of the sacred sun. So, yes, that was a sacred sun place. And all along shorelines of oceans and ponds and rivers, many people will gather at sunrise to watch the sun come up or at sunset and watch it come down. And some of this may be actually in a ritual form. When I've been on the Atlantic coast of the USA, I often have gone out to the beach at dawn to watch the sun come up and to do a celebration. But sacred sun places might have some other activities connected with them, such as surfing and fishing, where people might not call what they're doing a ritual, but actually it does have that dimension to it. So as we take a look at sacred sun places, let's journey through time to those places which have been intentionally created to connect with the sun. And I'm going to give kind of an overview of a number of these places. This is not a comprehensive list. Literally, there are hundreds and hundreds of ancient sacred sun places that continue to be in the world today and continue to be worked with as a sacred site. Stone circles. Perhaps the most well-known of the stone circles is that of Stonehenge. <clears throat> it's in England, and most people know about the summer solstice celebrations at Stonehenge in contemporary times because literally thousands of people pre-pandemic would gather and celebrate the summer solstice sunrise as it came up over the heel stone. Well, during the pandemic, a, a number of the ancients, even though people have not been permitted to gather, and really think solstice at summer solstice time at Stonehenge has probably become iconic in contemporary times as a sacred sun place, connecting with the ancients as well as with contemporary. But what's less known about Stonehenge is it actually is a winter solstice sunset place. 
And some say that it was actually primarily a winter solstice place, even more than a summer solstice place in antiquity. Of course, research is ongoing at Stonehenge, which is a hinge, uh, a big circle made of megalithic stones. It dates back to 3000 BCE, and it is being preserved, and I am so thankful that now um, in contemporary times it has become a place where people can go and gather. Certainly over the years, as uh, I've talked with people who've lived in the UK and England in particular, there were traditions of families just going out and picnicking on the stones uh, back before it became more of a preservation place where there's been more limited access. Well, bigger than Stonehenge is another stone circle not too far away called Avebury. And Avebury is so huge that there actually is a little town in Avebury. I've been to both Stonehenge and Avebury, and it's been amazing to experience those ancient solar-aligned places that continue to be with us today. The very first stone circle in this lifetime that I visited that dates back to ancient times is Castle Ridge in the Lake District of England, northern England. And I was in 1996, I was speaking at a conference nearby in Ambleside, uh, University of Lancaster, Nature Religion Today. And at the conclusion of the conference, a number of us had the opportunity to go to Castle Rig, not only to see it, but to actually do ritual there. And I was honored to be one of those asked to do part of the ritual work in the circle, and what a powerful place. Castle Rig is out in a field, and you can see all around. Really good place to put a sun-aligned place. And as I stood in the center of that ancient stone circle and of spirit, which was my part of the room, I could actually feel layers of time as I did that spiritual work and connecting with the ancients as well as with the here and now. Circles in a variety of places around the world. And some are perhaps not as well known in Scotland and Orkney. There's a variety of different stone circles. There's a place called Maze Howe, which is linked to the winter solstice sunset, and that goes back um, 4,500 years ago in terms of its origins. Now let's journey over to North America. Um, there are stone circles that date back to old times in North America as well, and Often, these are called medicine wheels, and they are connected with the first peoples that were living in 
North America before it even became North America. The Bighorn Medicine Wheel is in Wyoming, and it has alignments with the summer solstice sunset and sunrise time. In Alberta, Canada, Naturville Medicine Wheel, it's 5,000 years old, and it has many alignments with winter solstice, summer solstice, and the equinoxes. And these are just a few of the ancient stone circles that have connections with the sun. And pretty much the understanding is, because of these alignments, very likely that humans were there doing ceremonies at these special times. Another example of a sacred sun place is what you might call a standing stone. At Circle Sanctuary Nature Preserve, we have a small standing stone in the east part of our stone circle, just outside of the east quarter that we call the Equinox Stone. And as the sun rises up on spring equinox morn and um, autumn equinox morn, it lines with the top of the stone, the east cairn, which marks our east quarter of our stone circle, and our altar stone in the center. Now, Circle Sanctuary Stone Circle is an example of a contemporary one. And it's microlithic rather than megalithic. Uh, we have small stones, pebbles, crystals, that have all been brought to our stone circle over the years, usually in connection with group ritual. So some visitors who come and do their personal rites and meditations there will put their um, stone or crystal or rock offering in the bigger ring going around. In New Hampshire, in the USA, there's something known as Mystery Hill. And there is a winter solstice sunset monolith as well as stones that align with the summer solstice sunset and sunrise. Now, Mystery Hill, some people call it America's Stonehenge. And actually, there are a number of different places that are called America's Stonehenge. Uh, no one knows who created what's now known as Mystery Hill. Some say it came from some Europeans who came before Columbus, sailed that ocean blue. Some say it's from native peoples that lived in that part of the world. So part of the mystery of Mystery Hill is who built it and as is the property has had different caregivers over the years, have any of the stones been moved around a bit? We know some of them have, but actually having some standing stones that have alignments is an example of how in North America you also have that tradition. And, of course, there are statues and monuments in different parts of the world. Perhaps the most well-known of cultures and places where 
there are monuments that align with the sun are from old Egypt and of the different obelisks and other things that have solar alignments, usually as part of a temple complex. The Sphinx is an ancient and mysterious uh, human-headed lion uh, carved out of a big piece of stone that's near the Great Pyramids. And there is still some debate as to who exactly created the Sphinx and um, its linkage with one or more of those three pyramids that are part of um, the only seven wonders of the ancient world that continue to this day. Well, that also brings us to another place in the world, a place called Easter Island. And there are a number of huge images, some call them ancestral images, and there is one on Easter Island known as Ahuhuri, which faces the rising sun on winter solstice. Now, the indigenous population that lived on Easter Island, unfortunately, um, many of those people died off, and we have lost a lot of that understanding. You know, what were these huge stones that were crafted that have human faces, um, how did they figure in with the religion? And there's been a number of movies and research studies that have not only explored findings, but also some hypotheses. As we consider some additional stone-type monuments and places that are aligned with the sacred sun, Let's take a journey to New Mexico to a place called Chaco Canyon. And Chaco Canyon is an ancient Native American place. And there are a number of kivas in this area. Chaco Canyon is now preserved. And I had occasion to go there many years ago. And we had gotten permission from the National Park Service to be able to actually go out and do music in one of the kivas as a way of understanding sound at these ancient sites. And one of the real powerful things has been that um, the sound is sometimes amplified. It has its own special um, things connected uh, with it. And we had flute and drums, and I was with some people who were connected with Native traditions from the area, and it was very magical to be there. Well, one very powerful place at Chaco Canyon, not in any of the kivas, but way up the Judah Butte um, has what's known as the sun disk, the sun daggers. And there's spirals that are petroglyphs that are carved into the rock and different daggers of shadows with how the rocks are 
positioned in that very high butte place, you will see one configuration at winter solstice and one at summer solstice, and then at equinox you get another configuration. And it's really amazing to see the interplay of the light and shadow. Clearly, the ancient peoples that dwelled there, it had that as a sacred place for marking sacred time and connecting with the sacred sun, had a good understanding of the sun cycles throughout the year. There are mounds that are aligned with the sacred sun. And one of the ones that I've gone to that I've had a strong connection with is something known as the Great Serpent Mound in Peebles, Ohio. And it is a huge mound in the shape of a snake. And there is a big spiral, and then there is something that some say is the mouth of the serpent. Well, this has an alignment with summer solstice. And for a number of years, our largest gathering of the year, which is a summer solstice gathering called the Pagan Spirit Gathering, was held not too far from that site, and I had occasion at summer solstice time after the gathering ended to actually go to the Serpent Mound at summer solstice time and to actually witness the alignment of the solstice sun setting down and um, being aligned with the Serpent Mound. But there are other kinds of mounds as well, and also in Ohio, there's something known as the Newark Earthworks. And these two have been preserved, and I'm really glad that they have. And <clears throat> the High Bank Earthwork has both winter and summer solstice, sunrises and sunsets that are aligned with this. Now, with earthworks, you're mounding up earth and Sometimes they're a huge mound, and sometimes they're elongated mounds. And the Newark Earthwork site is a huge complex with lots of different segments. And some, some researchers now are going back to some ancient earthworks, not only in what's now known as the United States of America, but other parts of the world, and really taking a look at alignment with not only the sun, the moon, but certain stars and have found these amazing connections. In Wisconsin, there are mounds as well. Now, these mounds are called um, the Aztlan, and some say this site is the Cahokia, which was a site East St. Louis in Illinois. And these are step pyramid mounds made of um, earth. And at Ascalon, uh, it's at least a thousand years old. The winter solstice sunrise is aligned to that place. And yes, 
Angel Mound in Evansville, Indiana, is another place with solstice alignments, and I've had occasion to visit there. And in pre-pandemic years, there have been some solstice gatherings held there at summer solstice time. And I think it's really powerful that these ancient sites are being preserved in many parts of the world, and even some sun celebrations are happening at these places. So in addition to mounds, including the Step Pyramid Mounds, um, some people call the culture that created these at Cahokia and at Aztalan and some other places um, in the United States, primarily in the southeastern part of the USA, have called this the Mississippian culture. What did the people call themselves? We don't know. But we do know that the sun was very important to these ancient peoples, not only as a result of the actual alignments that have been discovered, but some of the art of um, wood hinges. There's a wood hinge at Cahokia. There's a wood hinge reconstructed at Cahokia, as well as a wood hinge reconstructed at Stonehenge that also have sun alignment. So in addition to having stone hinges made of megalithic stones, another way of having a sacred place aligned with the sun is to erect huge poles, in a, usually in a circle. And in Cahokia, they have been able to determine the locations of those poles as a result of the archaeological work and the changes in the soil where you could actually see the post holes. So I'm very thankful at Cahokia, they have reconstructed the wood hinge and actually there are people that celebrate the solstices there as well. In Germany, there's something called Gosset Circle and that's another example of a wood hinge. It dates back to 5000 BCE. And you'll find that around the world, clearly there were different peoples all attuning to the sun and having their sacred areas aligned with the sun. There are actual pyramid mounds that probably most famous of these is Chichen Itza in Mexico. And at equinox time, the way it is constructed, the light flows down in a zigzag pattern, and it actually looks like the surface of the sun. So it only happens at equinox time, autumnal equinox and spring equinox, and People gather there to see this amazing phenomena. There is a place in Tikal, which is Guatemala, called the Lost World Pyramid. And this goes back close to 3,000 years ago in terms of its construction. And it has alignments with the winter and the summer solstice sunrises, as well as the equinoxes. And these are just a few of 
the pyramids, and of course we've got the pyramids in Egypt. And certainly the sun was honored across time in the Egyptian religion under the various phases of Egyptian ancient life, um, the old kingdom, the middle kingdom, the new kingdom. Caves have connections with the solstice and the sun. And in India, there is a place called Ajanta Caves. There are 30 caves. The history connected with them is that Buddhist monks created these oh, probably 2,200 years ago and worked with them from 200 BCE to 650 um, Common Era. Two of those caves in particular have alignments. The Cave 19, or what we call Cave 19 today, is winter solstice sunrise, and Cave 26 is summer solstice sunrise. So additional places, and of course in Japan, there are a variety of Shinto sacred sites that are connected with Amaterasu, the sun goddess. You might call them um, Shinto temples, Shinto shrines, and there is an ancient story that Amaterasu herself actually at winter solstice time had gone into a cave and was coaxed out, which brought us the new solar year. Perhaps when people think of sacred sun places, sun temples come to mind. And sun temples have been part of a variety of religions across the ages. Uh, some have created sun temples. Um, in contemporary times, uh, there's a place in Nevada, Indian Springs, that's dedicated to Sekhmet, the Egyptianness of the midday sun. It's called the Temple of Goddess Spirituality, and there are alignments there. And in terms of ancient temples of the sun, one of the oldest is New Grange, and it, it's a mound, it's got stones around it, and it's a passage grave, and above the entrance of New Grange is a slot, and at winter solstice time, at dawn, as the sun rises, and hopefully the sun is visible, um, and winter, if this happens for several days, not just on winter solstice day particularly, but that's where it's the strongest. As the sun rises, light comes through that opening above the doorway and shines into the back of this ancient place. And some say that is connected with honoring the spirits of the ancestors. Um, Winter solstice dawn is a powerful time. It's the beginning of the new solar year. And this temple dates back to 3200 BCE. 
there are ways that people are able to learn about this going there at other times of the year where they exhibit set up, which mimics what happens on the winter solstice day. And in pre-pandemic times, lottos were held and 20 people or so were selected to be able to go in and actually witness the winter solstice dawn phenomena. And certainly, I've um, had a chance to connect to Grange via an online streaming a number of years ago. Really a powerful thing. In South America, there is a well-known site, Machu Picchu in Peru, and there's a hitching post to the sun, and there are various sun alignments there. And amongst the Inca people, the sun was sacred and honored in their architecture and in their ritual life. The Temple of the Sun in Beijing, China, was actually built during the Ming Dynasty, 1530 in the Common Era, and it's now part of a public park. Um, the red color associated in Chinese culture of the past and of the present, it's uh, a color linked with the sun, and this particular temple red features prominently. In Egypt, there are a variety of solar temples. Uh, Karnak, the temple of Amun-Ra, built about 2000 BCE, is aligned with the winter solstice sunrise. And at Abu Simbel, the great temple of Ramses, Ramses is there in Egypt, also connected with the sun. In India, there's a Hindu deity, Surya, that is connected with the sun, and there's a more recent sun temple, Konark Sun Temple, and it is, there are actually sun temples all over India, and this particular deity, um, many people have been able to honor Surya at these sun temples. The Grand Shrine um, to Amaterasu, the icy Grand Shrine in Japan, is an example of a Shinto shrine that is a sun temple. And in the USA, if you get to Mesa Verde National Park in Colorado, the Pueblo people created a sun temple in 1275. It, some say it wasn't fully completed, but that's an example of another kind of sun temple that continues to be with us to this day. So what are some other sacred sun places are with us today? Some people have created um, hinges of sort, out of concrete, out of stone. The Georgia Guidestones is an example of a monument and a hinge that was created in 1979. It's in Elbert County in Georgia, 
that has sun alignment, and probably the most famous of the replicas of Stonehenge is in Mary Hill, Washington. And I had a chance to go and visit that place many years ago after seeking out a festival nearby. It's in the Columbia River Gorge, and pagans go and actively do ceremonies at Mary Hill Stonehenge in Washington. And uh, because it's based on Stonehenge, there is a solar connection as well with that. One um, thing that I have found really interesting, I grew up in the Washington, D.C. area, and the Washington Monument near the spring and the autumn equinox, you can see the rising sun intersected by the Washington Monument when you view it from the Netherlands Carillion as the sun rises at equinox time. So if you get to the D.C. area or if you live in that area, you may want to see that phenomena. And another piece of Washington, D.C. hometown trivia that is connected with the sun is the park right across from the White House called Lafayette Park. It was created in the 1800s, and there are a variety of different walkways. Well, these walkways are aligned to the rising and setting of the sun on summer and winter solstice. And we're pretty certain it was intentional. And there's even some information about that in uh, some archaeological literature, which I find really fabulous. Well, I've shared with you a variety of sacred sun places that exist in different parts of the world. But the sacred sun place that I work with the most is in my own home um, setting. And you can create your own sacred sun place. You can create a sacred sun altar. And it doesn't have to be very complicated. Get some kind of sun image. Now, it might be of a particular solar divinity. And as... Um, there's a range of divinities I've chosen for my main sun altar, one that's more androgynous, because I honor the sun in a variety of goddess forms, but also god forms as part of my own personal relationship with the sacred sun, and I use sacred sun as a more universal term. Have one or more candles and have some incense, just six work well, or you might get a thermal or incense burner with some self-igniting charcoal block, put some frankincense or some all there. And why have a sun altar? Well, certainly it's having something indoors that you can connect with is in, in my sun altar. This is from my sun altar at home, and I brought it here. Um, for demonstration purposes, um, it's this brass sun disc. I've actually taken it to summer solstice gatherings over the years. Um, having a place where you can connect with the sun, regardless of the time of day and regardless of the weather conditions, is a really powerful thing. I like having my main sun altar 
right in the front hallway and in um, helping to design the house that I'm living in. My husband and I um, really wanted sun to come into our front um, hallway and we have windows that let the sun come in and it's really uh, fabulous when we have sunrise. And I go out on the front porch and I consider that a sacred sun place as well. If you're going to create a sacred sun place, a home altar, a home shrine, or a hens or some other place in your home area, I'd like to share with you some approaches for doing this. First of all, connect with the sacred sun according to your own tradition. You have a particular form or divinity that you link in with as part of the sacred sun. If so, do some work, some sacred work, some meditation, and get some guidance from the sun as you connect with the sun and get a sense of what may be an appropriate place to put your sacred sun place and what to include in it. This can take the form of doing a meditation, um, doing a meditation followed by journal writing. It can take the form of dream incubation. There's a lot of different ways to be able to connect with a solar divinity and to get that kind of guidance. The other important thing to do early on is to connect with what I call spirit of place, with the land, with the place where you are going to be having your sun altar, your sun shrine, um, your sun hinge, and can work with that place, connect with the place, and get a sense of connection and what seems to work best, to be most in harmony with that place. And one thing that you may want to do is go to the place, the particular spot of your home place where you're looking at having a sun altar and be there at different times of day and to do a meditation there even before you actually create the space. Pay attention to how the sun is visible or not at that place and take your time. Do not need to if you're going to have something you're creating that's going to be with you for some time, then you don't have to rush it. You may want to do this over a period of several weeks or months or even a couple of years, depending on your inclination. Obviously, if you are in the process of new construction of building a place or designing a place, then it's a good idea to... Um, get that all in order before you get all the things that you're going to be using for that place. What is the purpose of your sacred sun place? In addition to connecting with the sun there and honoring the sun there, what do you see as the essence of this 
place? Is it something that you personally will be working with? Is it something that's open to your family, your household members? Is it something that you are fine if people that have no understanding of your spiritual tradition can be present and connect? Um, you know, how accessible to make it? How visible to make it? There's a lot of different things to keep in mind. Something else to consider is what type of objects do you want to have present? If you're going to be having a sacred sun place outdoors, obviously get objects that are all weather, that will stand up well regardless of storms and sunshine. And also secure whatever items you have so that it's going to be there for your um, purposes. Most people who are doing a sacred sun place have a place within that area where offerings can be put. Now, I have um, offerings of incense, and that's a traditional form of offering. Certainly giving songs, um, chants, prayers, candles, another um, wonderful part of sun honoring. But you know a sacred sun place does not have to be on a table or some kind of an altar you can create a sacred sun place in a window, such as putting a lid glass crystal, um, hanging it on um, some type of thin string to let the light come in and reflect. You might have stained glass in a window. You might have a photograph you've taken of a sunrise or a sunset or a sunbow. Uh, we had a sunbow pagan spirit gathering many years ago, and at midday it was fabulous. Ice crystals forming around the sun and rainbows all around it. Those fabulous. And some of my photos I took there were um, certainly helping to capture that memory. And once you have figured out purpose, figured out place, attuned to the sun and the form or form to work with the sacred sun and connect to a sacred place and who else is going to be working with this sacred site, then comes time to set it up. I think it's really a good idea to cleanse the space in at least one way, burning incense, playing music, using a rattle. Um, my system, I not only use for celebration, and meditation, but it can be a cleansing instrument as well. You want to cleanse away what is not needed. You want to bless the items that are going to be used. And then um, you will set up the sacred sun site with intention. And creating a ritual around that is a really wonderful thing to be able to do. As you want to activate it, some people find it helpful to have some sensual image 
to activate. So for me, it's the sun. I have candles also on that altar that sometimes I kindle. Um, I do think that um, having a variety of illumination options is helpful. When I am doing a solstice, at winter solstice, I often will have candles glowing when I'm there right in front of the shrine, but I also have battery-operated candles that I can keep going throughout a long solstice night. And certainly winter solstice time is when the nights are the longest, and so you can safely have your altar illuminated with battery-operated tea lights and candles. Um, some other things that you might consider doing is to have a particular practice that you do at your sacred sun place. It may be doing a chant of your own making. It may be um, a chant that you've learned that's the sun chant. And periodically, when you have a sacred sun place, is to refurbish it. Now, some people do that at solstice times and at equinox times. Some people will, as a matter of course, not only their sun altars, but other altars and shrines at their homes at each of the Sabbaths in the pagan wheel of the year and found that helpful. And then how you approach a space, how you work with the space, and how you conclude your time there is an important thing. And it's a sacred sun place, and having it in the home can really help anchor your practice. But you don't have to be really elaborate in creating a sacred sun place. Indeed, on my front porch, pretty much I walk out on the front porch and greet the sun as it rises. And throughout the year, I pay attention to where on the horizon it is coming up. And on the back porch of my house, yes, there's a back porch too, where I do my sunset rituals. It can be as simple as a place where you sit and enjoy the sunrise and the sunset. Uh, some people have a sun deck on their home, and we have one of those too. I, I love the sun and the, and the stars and the planet. So to me, nature, capital N, involves honoring the divine in a variety of forms. But one of the great things about having a place where you, a consistent place at home, where you connect with the sacred sun is it helps anchor your practice there. And during those times of celebration, wonderful to be there, to let that joy flow in. But during times that are challenging, that are difficult, during times of illness, going to a place where you have done the sacred work, you are able to tap into this kind of reserve of spiritual energy that builds up at a place that has an association with a particular form of the divine or category of the divine. 
of his sacred son. So I invite you now to take a few moments and if you choose to do a short meditation with me, we will journey to connect with the sacred sun at a sacred sun place. So in the next few moments of quiet, find a comfortable place to be. Take some deep, slow breaths. Lower your gaze or close your eyes if you're able to do that. Make sure you minimize or preferably eliminate distractions around you. And spend a few moments and call to mind an image of the sacred sun in a more universal sense, the sun glowing in the sky. And spend a few moments just letting that be the focus of your meditation. Connecting with the sacred disk of the sacred sun. And as you do so, invite the sacred sun to bring forth an image in that disk of a sacred sun place that you can spend a few moments connecting with right now. Let a sacred sun place start emerging in the center of the sacred sun disk. Feels right and appropriate for you to do so. Imagine yourself journeying to that sacred site as shown in the solar disk that serves as a portal to this sacred sun place. And as you enter that place, do an honoring of there. This might take the form of speaking a prayer or a blessing, raising your hands, doing an offering. Honor the sacred sun at this sacred sun place. And as you do so, the sacred sun in the form of a radiant light flows in you and around you. Experience the sacred sun radiance and the power of wellness, bringing healing and well-being to you. And as you continue to be at this sacred sun place, 
now experiencing yourself being part of a great network of humans the world over, through the ages, in the present day and in times to come, that honor the sacred sun at a sacred sun place. And then give thanks to the sacred sun, to the sacred sun place, knowing that you can return through meditation through this portal. And as you depart, you carry with you the sense of well-being, memories and experiences that you've encountered looking once again at the sun disk and the place that you have spent some time with. And then returning to the here and now. Spend a few moments. Reflect on the sacred sun and connections with place. What is something that you carry with you as a result of this meditation? What is something that you carry with you standing in your connection? with sacred sun places. And then as you return to a more waking state of consciousness, let us give thanks to the sacred sun. Sacred sun, thank you. Sacred sun, thank you. Sacred sun, thank you. Sacred Sun Places, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. Well, thanks to all of you who have been watching live on my Selena Fox Updates um, Facebook page, my main Facebook page, where I do most of my live streams, and thanks to all of you who are listening live, T, Circle Sanctuary's Internet Radio, and thanks to all of you who will be tuning in later, because the Sacred Sun Places workshop will be archived in both places. And hopefully, eventually, I'll find a way to get it also up on my Selena Fox YouTube channel. So next week, I will be focusing on sacred sun charms, ways of working with sun images and sun herbs and sun stones for bringing some healing and magic in day-to-day life. I want to give thanks to our 
CSNP team, David and Jeanette Ewing, who make it possible for me to do this live every Wednesday night and also give thanks to Deborah Rose and Laura Gonzalez um, and the Ewings who all do podcasting on CSNP and for more information about our internet radio network, go to the Circle Sanctuary website and on Facebook, go to CSN Podcast. And you not only will find out about podcasts coming up, but information about those who have, that have happened in the past, not only Nature Mystic, which I do on Sunday afternoons, but Nature Spirituality every Wednesday um, evening, as well as the other podcasts. And we also have our podcast archived at the Circle Sanctuary website. Well, blessings of the sacred sun to you. And until next time, be safe, be well, be wise, enjoy life, and be kind. So be it. the sun, blue of the sky, blue of the summer days gone by, blue of the harvest, corn and wheat, blue of the blazing heat, king of the people, friend of the sheep, father of heroes, son of the sea, giver of vitality, lord of the dances, he, blue of the long arm, blue of skill, blue of courage, unbending will, blacksmith forging the battle spear, warrior revered. King of the people, friend of the sheep, father of heroes, son of the sea, giver of vitality, lord of the dances, he. Lou of a lightning, Lou of the storm, swift and steady with thunderous roar. Lou of black and sky and rain, power of hurricane. King of the people, friend of the sheep, father of heroes, son of the sea, giver of vitality, lord of the dances, he. Handsome champion, eternal youth, fearless leader of strength and truth, host of games of field events and feasts filled with merry men. King of the people, friend of the sheep, father of heroes, son of the sea, giver of vitality, lord of the dances, he. Masterful bard, honey-tongued, musical loo, the shining one, plucking harp strings of sorcery, golden poetry. King of the people, friend of the sheep, father of heroes, son of the sea, giver of vitality, lord of the dances, he. Lou of the sun, blue of the sky, blue of the summer days gone by, blue of the harvest, corn and wheat, blue of the blazing heat. King of the people, friend of the sheep, father of heroes, son of the sea, giver of vitality, lord of the dances, he. Lord of the dance is he, Lord of the dance is he. Thank you for joining us on the Circle Sanctuary Network Podcast, presented by Circle Sanctuary and produced for all who follow the Nature Center paths. Join us here throughout the week for various programming connected to the community around the world. And please don't forget to watch for updates on the Circle Sanctuary website at www.circlesanctuary.org.
And follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash csnpodcasts. We can also be found on your favorite podcast hosting sites, such as iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and others. And until next time, many blessings.